Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,364. Today we're talking to the grandson of Texas racing legend, Carol Shelby. To be humble and to listen, I think you can learn a lot in this world when you just sit back and listen to folks. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from the great state of Texas, Aaron Shelby. Hey, Aaron, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I certainly am. Looking forward to it. All right. Aaron Shelby is the executive vice president at Legacy Texas, where he and his team operate as the subsidiary manager overseeing Legacy Texas title, Legacy Texas mortgage, and commercial lending. He also operates the Shelby family timber business, in East Texas JFS Timber Partners. And in 2016, Aaron was named to the board of Carol Shelby International, the umbrella organization under which the Shelby entities operate. In this role, he acts as brand ambassador for Shelby and helps to maintain the relationship with Ford Motor Company. His charity work include being on the board of directors of the Carol Shelby Foundation and the NFTE Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. Oh, by the way, Aaron Shelby is also the grandson of Texas racing legend, Carol Shelby. Aaron, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career, your life, and your passion for automobiles? I'd be happy to, yes. So I've been at Legacy Texas for about 15 years, but uh, before that I had my own company called Mr. Bracket. It was a distribution company. We sold parts into Pet Boys, O'Reilly's, things like that. And that was a, a good experience for me. I had that company for four years before I came into the banking world. Uh, I've always had a good passion for cars. It, it's uh, obviously with Carol as your grandfather, you kind of learned that stuff early growing up, but it I wasn't really so. something that I thought I could be involved in. And it was always kind of his deal. So I just kind of tagged along when I could. So, you know, my, my direct involvement has taken place a lot more in the last three to four years after he passed away in, in 2012. And I've just been uh, really fortunate to be able to help carry his legacy on. Absolutely. And what a legacy that is. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars Yeah. So, 
Aaron, take the wheel. Certainly. You know, one of the things I live by and I really stress to my teammates is to be humble and to listen. I think you can learn a lot in this world when you just sit back and listen to folks and you really get to see what the issues may be and how you might be able to help solve somebody's problem. So there's nothing to be uh, have a large ego about. And it was I, I kind of learned that from my father and from my grandfather both. Neither of them operated in a, in a bad manner. And they both really just like to be around people and, and try and figure out how to make a whole team successful, not just them. Yeah. You know what comes to mind, and my regular listeners have heard this probably ad nauseum, but I love the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, one of the habits, number five, I believe, is first listen to understand, then speak to be understood. And that is a key to listening, isn't it? It really is. You're exactly right. I love it. Great. Well, let's uh, talk about your passion for cars. I'd like to know what kind of kicked off your passion for cars, what instigated it. Obviously, having a grandfather named Carol Shelby had a big part in this. But tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that, like your grandfather, you were going to be a car guy, too. Yeah, so it's interesting. I was born in 1971, so Carol was was out of the car business at that point in time. My first real exposure was when my father started racing cars when I was about eight years old, so right about 1979. And I went to the first one of the first races he had, and I just fell in love. He raced Formula Fords at that time and then grew into Formula Atlantics over time as well. And that was my real first exposure to car racing and, and kind of faster cars. You know, Carol didn't talk a lot about cars, and he wasn't involved with cars at all in the 70s. So that was it was really through my dad. It wasn't until Carol joined Chrysler in the early 80s that he was on magazine covers again and I got I started to read more about that and get more of his history because most of the articles started off with here's Carol's history with Ford et cetera, and went in Lamar and all that. And that really piqued my interest there. You know, this is kind of interesting because a lot of people will hear what you say and go, "What do you mean Carol didn't talk about cars?" But there was that period of time there which, of course, you were a young man, and yeah, he was a little bit out of all of that. I'm older than you, so I can go back to you know his heyday of late 50s racing and 60s and what he was doing there with all the cars and he was building and the racing, of course. And about they're about to come out with this movie here uh, that will feature uh, somebody, Matt Damon, I believe, playing your grandfather, if I got that right. That's correct. Yeah, it's going to be a neat movie to see. I've not been able to see the whole thing yet. I'm hoping to do that here pretty soon. But we're real excited about that from just getting the story out there more. You know, it's a, it's not a documentary. It's a Hollywood based on a true story, but it's going to be really entertaining. And I think 90 plus percent of the people that go see it aren't going to know anything about the story or who the characters were. So it's going to be a great way to lay out a little bit of information for folks on what happened back in those days. Well, I hope so. And when I've looked at the trailers they've run, you know, for those of us who had known your grandfather since I was a little kid and followed him when I was borrowing my next door neighbor's hot rod magazines and so forth and racing magazines or road and track and so forth, I have this image of who he is. I, I did get, I think I mentioned, you know, I did get to meet him one time at uh, Laguna Seca Racetrack. It was very brief, but got to shake his hand, say hello. And uh, I got him to autograph a, a glove box for me for a Mustang that I had. But I know a lot of my car peer guys when they said, who's playing Carol Shelby? What? No way. That That's not Carol Shelby. But maybe it has to do with the fact that we, a lot of us who are older, know your dad as he was older because we saw him at Vince and there your grandfather, things at Vince and so forth. So I think they'll be interesting. It'll be very curious to me how, how people who really knew him will go, ah, did they pull this off or not? But you know, it's Hollywood and they're going to augment and embellish and do a lot of stuff. 
with this you're, show, I'm sure. You're exactly right. And that's kind of, you know, I think when I originally heard about it a couple of years ago, I sort of had the same thought. But I also realized fairly early on, I was, I'm too close to it. You know, it's yes. not, it's not a lifestyle documentary. It's, it's truly a story to be told. And yeah. you look at the characters and, and Damon's a big draw. He's a great actor and Christian Bale's a great actor and a good draw as well. And so from that perspective, I think they've really, I think they've done a good job with trying to craft that story. Well, I'm looking forward to it. There's some great movies coming out. The Art of Racing in the Rain is coming out uh, this month, or actually has already come out by the time we record the show. So uh, yeah, some good car movies for us car folks. So I'm looking forward to that. I would like to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you face along the way in your life, your career. It could be related to cars. It could be related to something else. The more important part of this, though, is what did that situation teach you and how did you overcome it in a positive way? Well, I'm going to answer, I think, with the answer first and then come up with uh, with what the issues were. The big thing that I've learned, I'm 47, like I said, been banking for 15 years and did several things before that. But to me, it's a everything's about character. And you really learn character when times aren't great. And if you look back at the last recession time, particularly through the banking world, we had a number of loans that went bad and people just stepped up and they made good on them. You know, they, did, they had struggled to do it and they did it. And they sometimes it was somebody you would have never expected to be able to do that. Then we had other loans that went bad and you figured, oh, you're just going to call the guy and he's going to handle it and work with you. And he just turned the keys over and said, no, I'm just done. I don't want to deal with it anymore. So character to me is really what the big learning process is. And unfortunately, sometimes it's hard to tell what a person's character is until they're in a difficult situation like that. Because when times are good, you know, most people act pretty nice and, and they take care of their business okay. When times get south, that's uh, really when you see what true character looks like and, and how somebody's really going to uh, take care of their affairs or not. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what comes to mind is I just had a guest on the show, uh, actually yesterday, the day before, Tim Medvitz, who uh, is a, quite a character, actually, if you think about it, and if those <laughs> the folks that listen to that show. But what he, uh, he used to be a Hells Angels motorcycle rider. And he was a guy that was kind of, a, you know, maybe on the darker side of things, but he was in a terrible accident and he went through a really tough recovery time, got involved in drinking and drugs and so forth. And something happened to him and he realized how he could change. And in his words, it wasn't the Tim show anymore. I decided I need to help people. And he did it through visiting Balboa uh, Naval uh, Medical Facility in San Diego and seeing veterans who'd come back with terrible disfigurements, they'd lost limbs and so forth. Fast forward the story and why I'm diving into this is his character really changed when he realized the importance of helping people. And I've learned that with this podcast, that when we as human beings find a way to help others, that's when we're truly happy inside and where life truly shines. And I would think in the case of baking and Banking, and especially with the recession that happened, I had so many guests on the show that went through really tough times during that time, and almost all of them came out in a positive light after a lot of hardship. But banking, boy, there was a big shift there, wasn't there? I mean, so many banks just went under, uh, were lost, and so many lives altered. So how would you help somebody out there that might be going through a very, very challenging time where they might tend to do what they know isn't right, but they're just so down and out to still stay on that positive side. Well, to me, it goes back to communication, and that solves a lot of issues and, and many different scenarios. But if you've got the ability to communicate with whether it's a partner or your bank or whatever may be going wrong, 
talk through something. You know, that's the best way to get started. Maybe you come to a resolution, maybe you don't, but it, if you don't communicate, nothing's going to happen. That's really the important thing. We we look a lot more kindly on folks that come to the table early and say, look, I'm having trouble doing this or that, and I need some help kind of restructuring my loan. I do want to pay you off, but you know, we need to talk about how, how best to get us both out of the situation, as opposed yeah. to somebody that just puts their head in the sand for three months and you can't talk to them. You know, I think you're right. Uh, years ago, I had a friend who went through some very difficult financial times, and he was going to lose his house. And I was talking to him and trying to console him a little bit and offer what advice I could offer him. And, you know, he's really worried about his house. And I said, well, have you called your bank, you know, your lender who holds your mortgage and talk to them? He goes, no, I'm scared to death to talk to them because they're going to come and take my house away. And I said, well, if, if you don't talk to them and you, you keep not paying your mortgage, they're going to do that anyway. Uh, and they're probably exactly going right. to do it. They're going to do it with a sour look on their face because you didn't tell them what was up. Why don't you just call them and see if they can help you in some way? They don't want your house. They want your mortgage payment. They have, they don't want a house. They're not in that business. No, you're and exactly he, right. Yeah, he did that and was able to rework some things and work things out and didn't have to lose his home. But I think part of it is a lot of us who don't understand banking, we, we see banks as these big faceless entities. And we think they're just, you know, and Hollywood's done this and the evil bank, they want to control you and own you. And this whole thing, it's just made up of people, right? It's just a bunch of people trying to make a living. Um, so talk to them if you have a problem. Get on the phone and tell them what's going on. Yep. And so that, that'd be my one piece of advice when you get into a yeah. trouble situation, whether it's your bank or, a, like I said, business partner or whatever it may be, just make the effort and go out and make have a conversation. Yeah. Communication is so important. So many people have a challenge with that. So uh, yeah, just talk. Talk it out. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle in your life and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. So it's interesting. I'd say for me personally, most of my vehicles early on through probably the first 15, 18 years of my driving were just utilitarian. It was just, you know, good vehicles to get me from place A to place B. It wasn't until, you know, four or five years ago, I wound up purchasing one of the new uh, Shelby GT350s oh, and, from nice. 2015. And I love that car. You know, it's partly because it was the first one I kind of bought on my own, but also just the, the legacy of having Shelby involved and the technology Ford put in the car. It's, it's just an awesome vehicle. And every time I get in it, I just got a smile on my face. And then yeah. people ask about buying it from me. And you know, they, they <laughs> no. only made you know 137 of them in 2015 just because it was the 50th anniversary. And so I've got car number 50 to celebrate the 50th anniversary. And people ask Whoa. if I'm ever going to sell it. And I said, no, there's no reason to. It's a, This is a longtime keepsake for me. It's amazing to me that the Shelby name has lived on through the Ford Motor products for so long. It's absolutely incredible. And I love the new Mustangs, uh, the year you have up to, to now, I mean, they've kept that heritage that was all the way back to that, that original GT350 and that relationship that Carol had with Ford. So I'm so happy that you're driving one of those. I've had the pleasure of driving several of them, and oh my gosh, they are really kick-butt fun cars. They are. I tell you, whether you're on a track or just driving around the city streets, it's just it's just a fun car. And again, for the the bang for the buck for what Ford provides, technology wise, engineering wise, in that car, you can, you just can't beat it. I think you're right. Very cool. What color is yours? So I, I went traditional, being the 50th anniversary. It's white with blue stripes. Nice. Yeah, that was my Mustang too. Wonderful selection. I love that look too on the GT40s, the Ford GTs. And even yep. the new ones, I've seen ones in that color. And I think it's because 
I found uh, not too long ago, one of my original Matchbox by Lesney cars was a GT40, white with blue stripes. Very I, cool. what did it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Got, still got all those little cars from when I was a kid. Well, is there a seller's remorse in your life, a car you've let go that you wish you had back? So not at this point in time. You know, I'm, I'm a little more on the acquisition side than I am on the selling side right now. So I don't have anything that I've gotten rid of at this point that I said, well, I just wish I still had that one. So I'm, I'm for fortunate you. in that regard right now. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it that way. Keep that, keep that <laughs> Mustang in the garage. Well, I always ask my guests at this point in the show, what has you excited and fired up? And I'd love for you to talk a bit about your role on the board of Carroll Shelby International and also about what the Carroll Shelby Foundation is all about. Because I remember back when I had Carroll sign my glove box, he was asking for donations for his foundation that were helping kids, part of the Heart Fund situation. So I remember I was happy to put a couple $20 bills in the little bin there. I think he was asking for 10 bucks, but I said, you know what, what you're doing is great. Uh, so tell us first about the bo- being on the board of the Carroll Shelby International. And, you know, for me, it's really a special deal. It's obviously I've got the legacy with Carol there, but I, I have a passion for that business and the and the car business in general. And so it's just been a great dream come true for me to be able to maintain my, what I'll call my real life in the banking world here in Dallas, and then also get to travel around and go to different events and represent the Shelby brand, whether it's at the auctions or at Shelby get-togethers or events, or, to, you know, it's, it's just a lot of fun for me. And and as you mentioned earlier, it surprises me the passion that exists today for the Shelby brand. And you've got a lot of people that met Carroll or got his autograph over the years, and they have respect for him and what he did. But you now have a large generation of people coming up that didn't meet him, know his story for sure, but have that excitement level still about the brand. And when we talk about this or when I talk about it in front of a group, I do talk about the cars and the cars are important, but what I bring always to the table is a lot of it's about the people. It's And for whatever reason, the Shelby world draws a, a, a what I'd say is a great group of people, but it's very like-minded in the fact that they all like to get together and have a good time. Maybe they like to go to the track. Maybe they don't like to go to the track, but we build enough different events in and, and the Shelby groups around the country build different types of events in where you have an option to do a little bit of anything with, with these groups of folks. And maybe it's just catching a beer with somebody that you haven't seen in a year, or maybe it's going on a poker run or it's doing a, a cruise through the, you know, the spring foliage or something. So it's really a, that's what continues to amaze me when I go to events. I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania this past weekend, and uh, SAC had their annual convention, the Shelby American Automobile Club, and Team Shelby had their East Coast Nationals, and it was the front end of the Pittsburgh Vintage Car Racing Week as well. So a lot of people up there. And it was just an awesome time to get together. We had a great mix of vintage Shelbys and a great mix of brand new Shelbys, including the new 2020 GT500 Ford had on display up there. So it's uh, the whole board piece to me has just been a dream come true. And it, it allows me to be involved in the world to the extent that I can. And and then, like I said, kind of help carry on the brand and the legacy. And then speaking of legacies, you know, Carol started the Shelby Foundation in about 1990 after he had his heart transplant. And for those that don't know, he had heart problems going back to the 60s or really the late 50s. His dad died early of a heart attack and heart disease. And genetically, Carol had a bad heart. 
you know, he was a bit of a medical wonder, but that's why he stopped his racing career in 1960s. His his doctor said, you can't race anymore. And he was struggling back then. The stress of, of the racing world and the travel and all that was really getting to him. So, you know, he wound up through after a couple bypasses and many other medications and things like that. And, and like I said, 1990, having a heart transplant. And through that process, it opened his eyes some to what primarily children go through that have medical problems. He concentrated on the transplant side because that's where his special, where his life took him. Uh, so the the foundation today spends a lot of time and effort raising funds to help families going through the transplant procedures for their kids, and we have some partner organizations we work with on that. And then we also, starting about twelve years ago, he Carol is from East Texas, a little town called Leesburg. But nearby in Mount Pleasant, there's the Northeast Texas Community College, and he funded the Carroll Shelby Automotive Technical Training School there. And we provide scholarships every semester now to that school for students to come through and learn automotive technical skills. So they don't necessarily have to go to the local retail store and earn $8 an hour. They can come out with a skill after two years and you know get $17, $18, $22, $25 an hour, a real good living wage. So that's that's the two primary focuses that the foundation has, and you know we don't have Carol signing autographs anymore to raise money, and you know he would also sell cars and at auction and raise money. We don't necessarily have that, but we've got a really dedicated group that every time we have a Team Shelby event or you know we've got some other folks that'll just end up donating funds in, we've got a good stream of of money coming in, and we've got a good array of partners that we donate money out to that help get the the uh, job accomplished that and the goal of the foundation accomplished. Well, that's cool. No doubt. Uh, old Carol is smiling down on everybody for that because to continue that legacy, helping children and young people trying to get into a career are outstanding efforts. How can people go and donate money to the foundation? So the easiest way to take a look at it online, go if you go to Shelby.com, you've got a, a wide variety of different Shelby entities there, but you can pull up the Carol Shelby Foundation from there, and there's a way to click and donate money directly there. We, we have a couple different things you can do. We also have a what's called a... Um, I think we call it the heritage autograph. So we have an auto pen that does a replica of his signature and you can have something still signed, you know, similar to him. We've got it modified. So it's not his signature. We give you a certificate of authentication that it's a replica signature, but it's still done in pen uh, on a machine that we've got done. And so you can donate and still have a glove box signed by him or, or a visor or something like that, or a book, you know, something that's flat surface wise. So we do that. And then if you look around, if people want to go to a local Shelby event, like I said, Team Shelby's nationwide, They all the different chapters host different things. There's usually some little fundraising or auction items that pop up for, for sale, and those proceeds always go back to the foundation. Very nice. I'll make sure I put links to those on Aaron Shono's page on the Cars yeah website. Check it out. Great foundation, great cause, great way to uh, donate some of your uh, hard-earned income to help others. Uh, and that's when we shine is when we're helping others. So check it out. Aaron, up next is the last lap before you put the pedal to the metal, or before we put the pedal to the metal. You'll be doing it, too. Let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit Edelbrock. 
metalbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride. And when you're ready to check out, enter Cars Yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's Edelbrock, automotive performance since 1938. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Aaron, we are back and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. If you were manifested into a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Aaron be and why? So I think I'd, I had to think about this one a little bit. I think I'd be a um, some type of sports sedan. I'm, I'm fairly reliable and practical yet somewhat on the speedier sporty side. So I'm, I'm, by no means am I a uh, Shelby Cobra or a Ferrari, but uh, something along the lines of a uh, M Mercedes or an M BMW or a uh, AMG Mercedes, something along those lines, but a four-door nice. sedan of some type. Okay, I like that. Usable, uh, can get the family around, but can do it pretty quick and a little bit of style. So let's That's leave it at that. Nice, great. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that M5 or Mercedes E-Class throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think it's buy cars you enjoy. Don't buy cars for an investment. Ah, yeah. Very, very wise. Unless that's your business and you know what you're doing, I always say you might get stuck with that car. So you better buy something you enjoy. The other thing I've always said is I've always taken really good care of my cars and some of them, the collector cars, I tend to not drive them as much thinking that I'm quote unquote preserving value. And every time Somebody's bought one of my cars and drives away. I've looked at my wife and said, why did I save it for that? <laughs> so true, get out you know. and drive, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, Carol always said, cars are meant to be driven. Drive them. So it's, yeah, uh, they're, exactly. not, they're not meant to be sitting in a garage all the time. And I, I, I fall into that trap sometimes myself. Yeah, I have to remind myself, get out and have fun. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? Yeah, really. And it, it goes a little bit back to my mantra earlier. I treat people how you want to be treated. And I, I really live by that. That's something I watch my father do and I watch Carol do as well. And to me, that's really a, a critical character trait to have because if you're treating people poorly, you're going to get treated poorly ultimately. So if you treat people how you want to be treated, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but I bet you 99% of the time it works. Yeah, the old golden rule still applies. 
Would you share a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you enjoy? So something I actually like, and it's a, it's a bit superfluous, but as I do some car research, I really like the Hemmings.com website. You know, when you're looking at a lar- large variety of historic cars, primarily, you kind of see what's on the market, but they've got a lot of resources on there that let you kind of look up where value should be and, and what type of vehicles are moving well and not, and and some history that maybe you didn't know about something that you might be interested in. So I've always enjoyed, I bet you I'm on there maybe once a week, if not more. Yeah, great resources there. Now, if I could sit down and wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? So you know what? I can't say Carol because I obviously got to spend a lot of time with him and enjoyed yeah. his company greatly. But, uh, you know, I think it might be Henry Ford II. You know, knowing ah, okay. what they went through in the in the 60s and that Carol played a part in that, I think he'd be a fascinating individual to sit down and have a drink with. Well, it's interesting you say that. And I, when we had our little pre-show chat and talk here uh, for you listeners, Aaron and I were talking and I mentioned to him that this question, the most common answer to this is Henry Ford. The second was Carol Shelby. And uh, Henry Ford the second, though, not too many people have mentioned him, which I'm I'm kind of surprised, but, you know, I mean, it's it's tough to follow in that kind of a shadow. So uh, very interesting. Yeah, definitely played a huge part in that motor company. You know, obviously the Mustang was introduced under his reign, and there's just a yeah. lot of stuff that happened in that time period. I think he'd be a great one to sit down and pick his brain. Yeah, I think so. How about a book? Is there a book you've read you'd like to share? Yeah, I got to say, one of my favorites is A.J. Bames' Go Like Hell that talks about uh-huh. the Ford and Ferrari fight at Le Mans. It's a, yeah. A.J. does a great job putting that book together, and it's a it's a great read. Both my kids have read it, and they they love it as well. So if uh, yeah, anybody gets a chance to do that, I think that's one that I'd put on high on the list. Well, I'll let you know, Aaron, A.J. was a guest here on Cars, yeah, so you can go back to my website and listen to my talk with him. We talk about that book, what inspired him to write that book, and how he went about doing it. Uh, He's written some really interesting books, uh, aside from that one, that I wasn't aware of until after I talked to him. But uh, yeah, A.J. Bames, Go Like Hell. For you listeners that missed my talk with him, go back to the Carja website, type his name in there, and you will find it. All right, Aaron, we are up to the checkered flag here, and this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter who owns it or where it is. I'm going to park it in your garage there in Texas. But there are some rules to this game that we have to adhere by. One is you have to drive it. No garage queens allowed, something we just talked about. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. And it's the only one collector car you can have in your garage. You can keep your daily driver Mustang. Don't worry about that. But this one needs to be something quite special. What's it going to be? Oh, that's an easy one for me. It'd be CSX 2000, the very first Cobra. Yeah, okay. You're not going to make it cheap for me today, are you? I might have to no. call your bank and borrow some money. This is going to be <laughs> very, expensive. Very possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, yeah, the first one. Why not? And uh, pretty darn special car. Well, Cobras are cool. I've driven a bunch of them. I've only driven one real one. I've driven some uh, replicas and some of the beautiful cars that are built at Superformance, which I won't call replicas. They're more continuation cars. But uh, yeah, CSX 2000 Cobra. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I've got a quick story on that. We, yeah. um, you know, the, the, Carroll's estate sold that car at auction back in, I think it was 2016, if I recall. And I got to go do a photo shoot with the car ahead of time at a small track outside of Las Vegas. And I did, I probably did 10 to maybe 12 laps in the car. And it was just awesome. You know, it's it's not restored, so it doesn't, it runs okay, but you're not going to get above much about 40 miles an hour probably. But, it, you know, gear 
gearbox works fine. It all it all hangs together. And they were following me around in a truck to take pictures and video and stuff while I was driving it. And after about three or four laps, they're like, all right, we're done. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not quite done yet. So I put another four <laughs> or five laps on it. And afterwards, they said, well, who are we to tell you you can't drive this car right now? So we just yeah. let you go. Yeah, absolutely. Where did do you know where that car ended up? Is it? Is it? I do. It's with the Miller family in Utah. Oh, yeah, the, the Larry yeah, Miller, Miller family, Greg Miller, yeah. Yeah, which is a great home for it. They have a great Shelby collection. Yeah, they do. Well, that's a good place. That car is blue, right? It is. Yes. Well, yeah. today it is. <laughs> yeah, today it is. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my goodness! Well, I get to work. I think the Millers are going to command a very high price for me for uh, me to get that out of Utah and into Texas. I'll see what I can do. Don't hold your breath, but I'll do the best I can, all right? <laughs> yep, sounds good. I appreciate it. There you it. go. Oh, you're welcome, my friend. Well, Aaron, you've taken us on a great ride today. Really enjoyed your stories. want to thank you for sharing your life's journey with us today. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into that Texas sunset in CSX 2000? Yeah, I think it's a, a little bit of a generic mantra, but follow your dreams to the extent you can, you know, and, and be patient about it. Everything doesn't happen quickly. You need to kind of see how the big picture looks and then work your way into that picture. And that's a little bit of what I did with the Shelby world. I didn't jump into it immediately, but as, as it came to me, then I took advantage of it and I've really enjoyed it. That's kind of, everybody operates at their own speed, but that's one word of advice I think that i would recommend for those that uh, want to look at doing something a little different, but are a little afraid to take that step, just approach it with patience and let it come to them. Absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about your company and about Shelby? Well, on the Shelby, uh, if you go to shelby.com, that's the best way to learn about the company itself. And like I said, the foundation and a number of other Shelby entities are listed on there and see what's going on. Um, as far as myself, if you follow me on either Facebook or on Instagram at AA Shelby, that's um, when I'm out at events, I end up posting on there and, and letting everybody know what's going on currently in the Shelby world. Great. And what about your business? If people are interested in banking and lending and all that, is there a good way to reach you there? Sure. It's LegacyTexas.com, and we're a large community bank in the Dallas-Fort Worth market, and be happy to talk to you around this area if you got any banking questions. There you go. I'll make sure all those links are posted on Aaron's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Aaron, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experience with our listeners. Say hello to all my friends and family in Texas for me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. That's great. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!